Good afternoon and praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, now, as you've been told, I took physics. I'm trying to see whether I can get a better feedback. Some guys know what uh, that means. For myself, and I was here between 2002 <laughs> as a first year, and I left in 2006. Now, don't worry, it's just because of the difference in, in the date of birth. The reason is that you have greater potential within yourself to achieve even a lot more. But you see, you have to wait for your time. And even as we are here to just reflect on, on God's word, is it's really to say that he's, he's faithful and that he can walk, walk with you. Of course, a lot has been said about our experiences in this, in this university. A lot has been said about the times we've taken to walk on these streets of this great university. In our earthly bodies, in our tents, as we shall reflect briefly on scripture, but more so as we aspire, as we anticipate to be in the presence of the Lord. Of course, my generation is not as well represented because as one of us attempted to mention, I think Tobias, they are across, some of them are across the globe. Maybe they will easily ask, why don't you have a virtual one? so that we may plug in. There's one that I had really wanted to, uh, I had to come, because she served as the city secretary when I served as the city chairman, but she was taking a flight yesterday back to her workplace outside the country. And again, it's only a matter of time. That is so important, because the presence of associates should serve to inspire us. The presence of associates should serve to show us, to tell us that there is hope. I'm so happy that the testimony we've had is a testimony that is so affirming of our desire to study this in this university. I know recently uh, the deputy president, when he was a guest of honor in a graduation, he told the graduates that there is no work. There are no jobs. Those were his words. Now, Mr. MC, I think the Christian Union in this university is above board. And it is not possible that it was pre-planned that everyone that will speak here even those ones that graduated in 2022 will say that they are doing something. None of them said they are idle. None of them. 
So if you graduate and you are looking for a job, you will get a job. But in the events you will not get a job, you will get work. Get that very clearly, right? Because as we get to the topic we are discussing this afternoon, heavenly footman, the body that God has given you and me is not to lazy around and wait for that well-furnished office if it is not available. Praise the Lord. And so for me, it is, this is a very inspirational day for our dear students. For the first years, who I know you all aspire to get first class. <laughs> to our second years, to our third years, to our fourth years, we know that first class is still there by faith, by fire, by sight. <laughs> and of course, we can't forget to mention the fifth years. And the occasional sixth year, you know, I have had it somewhere, somewhere there. We thank God for your endurance. And so this afternoon, we want to consider the word of God from the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 to 10. Please get your Bible, soft copy, hard copy, iPod, iPad, iPad. I'm in that generation of iPad because the younger ones could be having an iPad. I think there was a meme going around in that light sometimes back. Now the Bible says, for we know, verse 1, that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an internal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Verse 6, therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 
so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Lord, we thank you for the ministry of your word. Speak to us this afternoon, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it's good to consider that God creates the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1. On the first day, on the second day, on the third day, on the sixth day, he creates Adam and Eve. And the Garden of Eden was a perfect place, a paradise, a nice place that God desired that Adam, whom he had created, will have a residing environment, a living environment for him and his generation. Because remember, he had been ordered to increase and to multiply. But when Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, the Bible says, he sends them out of the Garden of Eden. And as merciful as God will be, in the New Testament, we see the coming of Jesus Christ as a fulfillment of prophecies told in the Old Testament about a Savior that would come and would save humanity from our iniquities. And the very zenith of this is really the beginning of the presence of God the Father when we go to heaven, when we encounter him, when he takes us home. He will be well in Jesus' name. Amen. And so a brief background on Second Corinthians is to say that Paul, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, has written a number of letters to the Corinthian church. The first letter is referred in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, which is not a part of the canon, and that is not in the Bible. The second letter is actually the book of 1 Corinthians. The third letter, which Paul refers to, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears. But the fourth letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians is the book of 2 Corinthians. And Paul writes to the Corinthians to address various themes, to cover... Because the Corinthian church was a weak was a young church. It was a struggling church. It was a weak church. And that is addressed very well in the book of 1 Corinthians. Issues of sexual immorality. Issues of perversions. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul seems to be actually raising matters to do with legitimacy of himself as an apostle. And so in verse 5, Chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, 
For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, and as a student of English, when a sentence begins with a connector, you quickly become curious and ask what may have been said before. So allow me to consider quickly some highlights from the previous chapter, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. And it raises a number of things. One, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of believers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God who is the image of God. It is so easy to not see the greatness of what God is doing. It is so easy not to see the grace and the blessing that Jesus Christ brings to us through the word of God. And it's much easier to see the things of the world. In fact, I dare say that the goods of this age has blinded not only the unbelievers, but the believers as well. Because we are in the kingdom of God, because we are in the Christian union, but we fail to recognize the presence of God. We fail to see the goodness of God. We find it easier to do things that are attractive and appealing to the flesh than to do things that are heavenly, than to do things that are godly. And so brothers and sisters who love football, it is possible to watch football from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, to 7 o'clock, to 9 o'clock, to midnight. And not only that, if you are not watching it from JQuad, where well, it might be free, if you are watching it from some other place, I have had people share how they took a 300 milliliter soda as they watched football because they were required to buy something worth that much, not even much, matches, that you can have the patience to take a 300 milliliter soda for five hours. <laughs> as a Christian, but my friends, take your Bible and begin to read it. The moment you begin to read it, you begin to yawn. That you can crack all the theories of thermodynamics. And you can get your good grade in that course of the thermodynamics. But when it comes to the study of God's word, we have become blinded, even us who are in the faith, because we do not see Christ glorified. But the second thing that comes up is that we are 
a treasure in jars of clay. Quite a contradiction. When COVID came, one of the things that was required by the government of all of us was to keep social distance. I think in English, such words are called oxymorons, right? You are meant to be social, but you keep distance. The jars of clay, when you drop it, a pot, when you drop it, it just breaks into pieces. That is how delicate our physical bodies are, how delicate our earthly terms are. Yet, Paul is saying, we have this treasure in this jars of clay as a student are waiting for it to be manifested. But you see, Paul concludes by saying that in therefore we should not lose heart. For outwardly we may be wasting away, but inwardly our inner man, our heavenly dwelling, our new body that Christ gives us when we believe is being renewed. And the Bible says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so as one, we see a contrast. Paul talking about a tent, which is temporary, our body, which is temporary, our, which is temporary and which is earthly because it will go back to the earth. But he's talking about building from God an internal house in heaven. It is permanent. It is built not by human hands, but it's built by God himself. When we look at verse 2 to verse 4, Paul therefore says, we have an earthly tent we have a human body, but we long, we desire for the heavenly dwelling, for the new body that God gives us. And he says, meanwhile, we groan, we long to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So, what is to groan? What, is, what would men want to groan? What would men want to cry? What would make one to desire, to soap? Because our body, my friends, our earthly body, my friends, is weak. We desire to honor God with our bodies. We desire the new body that Christ gives us. But what happens? Every so often, we are afraid and we fail. But the second thing that comes up is a longing that Paul has, a deep desire. To long is to have a deep desire. Is to yearn. Is to crave. My wife has just stepped out. But there are some dynamics that come 
in parenting, especially in the face of expectancy. And uh, <laughs> I remember one day I have gone to the CU. I have worked with Focus. I have worked with Focus for from the time I left here. So one day I had gone to the CU and I came back at, uh, at, at 11 o'clock in the night. I think we were expecting our first one, son. So she just looked at me and she told me, I need fruits. <laughs> there, were no, there was no discussion about it. Leaving the wheel, I went, thankfully, there was this grocery that used to open late. And I got her fruits. Thankfully, when I came, she took them, she enjoyed them. Because in our sharing of brethren, um, the men, you find that she says, I want yogurt. You go for yogurt. By the time you come back, that has changed. She's craving something else. And you see, you want to be a good husband, right? After all, it's not easy to carry a pregnancy for nine months. So what is, go what is it? I mean, just getting fruits compared to carrying the pregnancy, which is easier. <laughs> so when you talk about craving, when you talk about fasting, when you talk about hungering, to be clothed with a heavenly dwelling, it is something serious. It is a deep, deep, deep desire. Because the outcome is to be clothed, is to be dressed, is to be covered, is not to be found naked. And what does it mean to be clothed? And perhaps the question is, what does it mean to be unclothed? And when you read Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, the fall, the Bible records that then the eyes of both them, Adam and Eve, were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. One, they were naked in the first place. Two, they have now discovered that they are naked. And three, they have chosen to sew fig trees and tie around themselves to cover their nakedness. Sometimes that's what we do as Christians, as unbelievers, as believers. Because God has provided Jesus, the grace of salvation through Jesus Christ. But what are we doing? We are looking for fig leaves. We are avoiding to be clothed with a new heavenly dwelling. Are you there? 
and you can be sure that the fig leaves can hardly cover the body. So the more we try to clothe ourselves with the things of this world, the more naked we become. Because they wither, the leaves wither. Today, tomorrow they will wither. The other day they will wither. Yet, God has invited us by his grace. And the clothing that comes from heaven that we receive in our new bodies, being heavenly, but knowing that we are footmen, we are foot soldiers of Christ, is that mortality is therefore swallowed up by immortality. That the things that are heavenly, are earthly rather, become heavenly. That the things that are worldly become godly. That the things that are finite become infinite. And this leads us to verse 5 that says, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Let us briefly consider life by the spirit and then we will draw to a conclusion. Because we are only capable of having this new heavenly dwelling. It's only possible for us to have our earthly body but within us within our hearts, within our mind, within our conscience, within our reflection, that that is heavenly. It's only possible by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has been associated to only what is loud and disorderly. But you see, when we allow the Holy Spirit to clothe us. We quickly then go to Galatians 5. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in verse 22. That is talking about peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, who are we to pick only on the matter of patience? Do you realize sometimes how patient we are in the things of the world, but when we come to the things of God, we take it so lightly. Do you know for you to graduate as an engineer or with general professional, do you know how many years do you have to do in school? Two years in pre-primary. Eight years in primary. Four years in high school. Four years, five years, six years at the university. Those are at least 18 years for you to become a graduate at the very least. 
Now, count for yourself. Within that time, what portion do we therefore give to God? Now, there is no 18-year course for you to become a perfect Christian. No. The interesting thing about Christianity is that it is ingrained in every bit of our life. It's just that for academic, there is a unit of measurement of two years, of eight years, of four years, of four years. And as a brother, is it Odilo and my wife, you can now make the additional ones. Those ones are usually bonuses. So, when you see Paul saying, therefore, this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's actually preceded by some very not so good things, because in verse 16 of Galatians 5, it says, so I walk, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Look at that fight. The body, or rather the flesh, is in conflict with the spirit. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And it lists this. Let me just quickly read this. That the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, envy. It is a long list, brothers and sisters. Verse 22 therefore says, but, but, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. This therefore moves us to reflect on the second portion of this scripture in verse 6 of Second Corinthians. Because verse 5 has ended by saying it is in God's design. You see, you cannot be a Christian without a body. Can you? So, what Paul actually is raising here is that the body is what God has designed to be the carrier of the treasure. The body is earthly, God is heavenly, God is holy, and therefore he brings Jesus Christ to actually complete the equation of us having that desire to have a heavenly dwelling. And so verse 6, Paul writes, 
Therefore, we are always confident. And know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away, away from the Lord. Being confident is being assured. Being confident is being certain. That he who has given us an earthly body, a temporary as it is, the tent as Paul calls it, has the capability to help us with the physical body to have a heavenly journey, to have a heavenly mindset, to have a heavenly thinking. Verse 7 it says, For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident. I say, and would prefer to be away from the body. You know, you know, Paul is trying to argue. I mean, Paul is trying to present himself, his feelings, his experiences. It's easier, brethren, when you are sent, the moment you are sent, it's easier to desire to just be evacuated to heaven. I do not know if in these days there are students who have heavenly focus but with no earthly consequence. What do they do? They come, they live in heaven, so they, they come in the morning for breakfast, they go to class, they go back to heaven, they come for lunch, they go back to heaven. When they are nearing third year, fourth year, they come back from heaven, they show up at a sister's door, and say, the Lord has told me that you will become my wife. And you think this is a joke? A lot of experiences we've had in this wholesome residence, especially on six. <laughs> when as a brother you want to believe God for a sign, God, show me a sign. And whoever will knock on this door after I have prayed, there. <laughs> That will be mine. Those days, there were no restrictions on security. So people would come in hawking things and all that kind of stuff. So this brother prays, and he has told us, God has told him, I think that's a good way to test. This brother prays and prays and prays, and, and uh, of course, after he has prayed, obviously, someone will knock. If you are not going out, right? So the guy, uh, someone knocks and this brother says, you know, begins to give thanks to God. Thank you, Lord. You have answered my prayer. Hallelujah. Hey. And he opens the door. And surely there is someone there. And surely the person there is female. But there is a problem. That female is in her 50s and she's selling socks and underwear. <laughs> it used to happen. Don't worry, we 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 help the brother <laughs> and he's now married <laughs> by the grace of God. Paul is saying, once I am saved. I can be evacuated to heaven. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to struggle with the challenge 
stresses and the pressures of this world. But he says, either way, I want to please the Lord whether I am in the body or not in the body. In verse 9. So that we make it our goal to please him all the time. But verse 10 is very important. It's very paramount. Because it's saying, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Brothers and sisters, Paul is concluding this portion of scripture by saying, we must you know, sometimes you think that there are 7 billion people in the world. You wonder, surely God cannot count all of them. Let me give you a good example. There are thousands of students in this place. Again, by virtue of my birth certificate that I'm older than you, a few times when I come, instead of coming this way, I, <laughs> I go to some offices here, for example. Maybe I'm meeting the one of the you know leaders in the university. And one time I, we were planning for some function, and the security officer tells us some of the things that students are doing these days. For some reason, you are challenging your academics. You keep telling your parents at the school, and on the graduation day, you even get a gown. You show up here. When the role is called, your name is not there, but you have a gown. That's okay. But you see, when you go to the examination office, there will be no certificate for you to collect. So every one of us will be called by name, one by one, each. God has all the time, so to speak. But secondly, is that each one of us will receive what is due to us for the things done while in this body. No wonder Paul talks about beating his body to submit. I beat my body daily. In fact, there are some monks who keep cutting themselves as a show of beating the body. But you see, interestingly, by the way, you cannot beat the body by the body. You, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. You, the spirit of God in us help us to subdue all the worldly pleasures, the desires of this world, the flesh, the desires of the flesh. And so what will you receive on that day, brothers and sisters? What will be due to you on that day? Just as it will be on that day of your graduation, in this graduation square. You desire to be an associate. Great, in fact, 
Perhaps for our illustration, it's one of the best. Because you are a student, you are desiring to be an associate, right? We are in our earthly bodies. God is telling us that it is possible to manifest our physical bodies in our heavenly bodies, to have a heavenly mindset, to be transformed, to be delivered. But remember, the good that you have done, there will be a reward. But the bad, the evil, the immoral, that that displeases the Lord, there will be consequences. There will be punishments. As we draw to our clothes, brothers and sisters, this semester, we are reflecting on Christ's ship hears the voice of the shepherd, the voice of the master. But how can you hear the voice of the master unless you know the master? Unless you have understood the master? How will you desire to experience the heavenly glory if you do not know the master? I want us to make two kinds of prayer this morning. First of all, God desires us to live to our maximum potential. The associates are here. The recent past has been very painful to the associates' family because we have lost young men, we have lost young women to sudden deaths, to accidents, to sicknesses. You desire to be an associate, you are a student, fine. It's been very tough. But you see, what gives me hope, what has given us associates hope, is that those brothers, those sisters, loved the Lord. They had a personal faith with the Lord when they encountered death. Though we cried, though we mourned, it was painful. But we knew a time coming when we will rejoin them in heaven. Nothing left. There will be nothing 
left in you. So I want us to honor those comrades. Some of them are students in our midst because we have also lost students in this Christian union. That their body, their physical bodies were just temporal. But they desired the heavenly dwelling, the new body that Christ promised. But secondly, I want to invite any one of us this afternoon. You want to begin this journey of walking in the presence of Christ? I know it is harder to believe in Jesus Christ it is easier to believe in Newton's first law, in Newton's second law, in Newton's third law. You can quote them. You can discuss them. You can discuss, hey, now I am applying my physics, you know. <laughs> the law of motion, the momentum. You can calculate everything. You know that Christ lived. You know that Christ died. You know that Christ was buried. You know that he is resurrected on the third day because you have read you know that it is here. They normally say that the longest distance is the half meter between the heart and the mind. Now, of course, this is a physical heart. <laughs> but you know what? You don't need to understand everything. You just need to understand that God loves you. Are you there? Let us bow our heads for prayer. Are you there? And you are saying, my fellow comrade, I want to get saved. I want to say to the Lord, I want to experience the heavenly dwelling. And I will pray for you. Just lift up your hand from wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. I see that. Brother, just lift it up. Lift it up. I'll, I'll sit from I'll sit from here. Are you there? You are saying, hey, I am struggling with duality. I don't know. Uh, I will pray for you wherever you are. Please lift up your hand as an acknowledgement before the presence of God. I need to finish this. So my brother, just join this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for you died for my sins on the cross. Forgive my iniquities. Impress me with your love. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for your salvation this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. The last prayer I want us to bodies that God has promised to help us to live in the presence of our mortal bodies but knowing that he can clothe us with our heavenly with our heavenly dwelling 
I want us to pray for our associates. I want us to pray for our students. So if you can just open your mouth and just give thanks to the Lord for that associate. Think, give thanks to God for that testimony of great jobs that have been availed. Give thanks to the Lord for the entrepreneurs that has been portrayed in this gathering. And give thanks to the Lord for our students for the first year, for the second year, for the third years, all of us. Because we are a community. And God has given us that grace. Would you make that prayer before the Lord? Father, we thank you. We praise your name. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. We thank you for the protection you have given us. We thank you for our associates, for our students that you have called home. We may have thought that it was before time. Yet, you tell us that you have given us these immortal bodies so that we may be in them as we anticipate the new body that we are your food soldiers. We are soldiers of Christ on this earth for purpose for this time. And so we thank you for them that you've taken home. And we thank you for them that have been left behind. We pray that you will cause us to live in fullness of Christ. That we will hold nothing back that in our physical bodies we will serve you. And when that time comes to be before your throne, before your presence, that Lord we will be courageous and say here we are for you will have helped us by your Holy Spirit to do what is good to do what pleases you to do what pleases the Holy Spirit we thank you and we honor you this morning we even thank you for the children that you have blessed the associates we know that we are in a different and difficult parenting season. Yet we pray that you will give us the grace to do that that you desire. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let us appreciate the Lord. God bless you.